five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Midweek edition here of the Patrick Johnson Show, uh, Pirate Nation show of record. Thanks for being with us here. We're on the flagship of the Pirates, 94-3 the game. Big announcements coming up over the next uh, few weeks on uh, programming and things involving uh, network broadcast here on 94-3 the game and 107.9 WNCT in the coming days. Uh, We've also got uh, a lot happening this week. Jim Zoki slated to be with us tomorrow. Uh, Jaira Wilson will be among the guests on Friday, uh, pirate, uh, secondary man as, uh, we'll look forward to talking to the, uh, product of Northside Jacksonville, the former, uh, Monarch football star, now a, uh, up and comer for the pirates. Looking forward to talking to Jaira as, uh, he'll be brought to us by the, uh, Boneyard collective. So that is, uh, or the team Boneyard NIL collective to be more appropriate. Uh, thanks for being with us here. Uh, we got huge news in the world of golf. I'm going to get to here in just a second. Also, uh, Brian Mole will be joining us to talk about that a little bit later on. Uh, thanks for those that have uh, reached out. I am uh, getting a little better, been under the weather this week. So uh, just trying to uh, truck along, feeling a lot better today, but uh, just needing to rest the voice up a little and get some uh, rest if at all possible. So uh, we're uh, doing the best we can given the circumstances. Uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington producing today, and uh, we'll get uh, to him with a 94.3 The Game Sports update coming in just a little bit. We'll also have our Pirate Report next segment for you. And uh, I do want to re-air from our media day coverage, uh, an interview we did with Keaton Mitchell. He was just a delight to talk to. That was kind of a fun interview. So uh, we'll talk to Keaton uh, coming up later on here. You'll uh, get that in an encore presentation in a sense here on the Patrick Johnson Show. If you want to catch what we did on uh, media day, our exclusive coverage, we were the only radio station, the only outlet there broadcasting live. And uh, you can check that out on uh, the podcast page now on 943thegame.com. We're also going to have a re-air of that uh, in a couple of places on Friday at 6 o'clock. Right here on 943 The Game, we'll re-air the show in most of its entirety. Uh, Philip will kind of narrate you through that, and we'll get you ready uh, for Rose football that way. So we'll go until 720 with that, lead you into Rose Rampant football and their pregame as they're taking on Cleveland. Ought to be a big matchup. Those are... A couple of major programs uh, the last couple of years who played for state titles and finished uh, as the runner-up. So uh, both programs with a lot of pride, a lot of excitement there. Uh, Also, if you're so inclined, uh, we'll have uh, a similar show, as I understand it for you, uh, from uh, 6 to 6.50, some of the Media Day show uh, for WTIB. So we're working out the details on that. That'll be on 103.7. Uh, Friday evening. All right. uh, Big news today. The PGA Tour and top players are committing to compete in at least 20 events starting next season. And now this includes 12 what they're calling elevated tournaments that will have purses between 15 and 20 million dollars. Stop me if you've heard this before. The commitment comes after a Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy led players only meeting whose purpose was to rally the organization's top players 
in the ongoing battle against the rival Saudi-backed Live Golf Series, there will be four new elevated tournaments that have not been announced as well. Okay, so that's what's happening uh, as far as that goes. Uh, Jay Monahan uh, releasing some details on this today. And uh, I guess all of this will launch uh, in 2024. These one-day events will uh, com- will complement the tour schedule and the new tour schedule that set the launch in 2024. If, if you get cut, uh, I think there's some money going to players who don't make the cut. That had not happened uh, really in, in the history. There's some no-cut events. Look, I had a, a friend today uh, who I, you know, he's a golfer, but he's a sports fan, fan of, you know, follower politics as well. We we talk politics often, and he's a pretty reasonable guy. And, you know, he, he sent me a text today, and, and I got to agree with him on this. You know, we were chastising Phil Mickelson, and, you know, if you look at where this is kind of gone, this is all the stuff that Phil Mickelson was was kind of talking about. I mean, Mickelson, for better or for worse, live for better or for worse, kind of forced the PGA's hand. It is better off for the players today in the PGA than it was six months ago or whenever this was that Mickelson became persona non grata. And I just I find this some sweet, sweet irony. Alan Shipnuck, the guy who for 25 years covered golf for SI and now part of the Fire Pit Collective, he wrote the Phil Mickelson book that kind of, you know, sparked all of this controversy. Uh, about six or seven hours ago, just simply tweeted, Phil was right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in a way he was. And, you know, I just, Shipnock, who's kind of trying to start a little cottage industry here by being the guy that's anti-live, it was interesting to see him tweet that. It really was. But uh, now what does live do? And I think, again, we're going to get Brian Mull's take on all this coming up bottom of the hour. Uh, thereabouts, Mull, of course, uh, Caddy Network has covered uh, the PGA. It was a caddy on the tour in a couple of different stints for many years. So, I mean, he knows. He still talks to guys. He sees it from both perspectives. Uh, so it will be interesting to see what he has to say about all this. I mean, it's obviously good for the players. And it's good for, for all levels of players. But, I mean, there's been kind of two different tours on the PGA Tour. There's the elite guys who are now getting kind of their own subdivision within the uh, PGA Tour, and then there's the rest of the guys that are, you know, having to work their way uh, and pay the bills and and try to qualify to be exempt every year. There's those guys that finish outside the top 125 that are, you know, still got to make a living and and pay their bills. It's a lot like college athletics now, but unlike college athletics, if you're outside of that group, if you're 300, you can always work your way up theoretically with all of this. So Maul will talk on that. We'll uh, grab a break right now, save some of that for later in the show. Uh, A pirate report. We'll hear from some ECU players, including South Central alum Jeremy Lewis when we come back. 
now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Start things today with uh, Ryan Jones talking about the success of camp. Uh, camp was good. Um, as a whole, the offense really clicked together. Um, the defense was uh, battling with us. I mean, it was it was really a fun camp. I mean, the way we ended the scrimmage today really uh, left us off on a confident note. You know, so I mean, it was it was a successful camp. We asked Ryan Jones who won that final scrimmage Saturday. Um, I would say really it was like a, it was both ways. I mean, we made, we made plays. Um, the defense made plays, but I mean. The plays that were made were pretty good. I mean, so I mean, we have guys that are making plays all across the field. So I mean, it's it's going to be a good. Uh, we have a good team. And Judd says it was more fun being involved in the passing game last season. Yeah, I mean, it was fun. Um, they definitely started uh, putting us in on passing, uh, passing stuff more. And um, <laughs> my fault. But yeah, I mean, it was a uh, it was fun. It's being uh, included more in the pass game. I mean, the run game, we still have responsibilities, but um, it's being a, being a, a focal point in the offense was starting to be yeah, I, don't know, I don't know what he did there. It was fine. No, no reason to apologize. Uh, this is uh, Ryan Jones on who uh, is emerging uh, as the starting slot receiver in his estimation. Here we go. So we have we have CJ, um, CJ, myself, and a few other guys that are playing the slot right now, and we have a good rotation in that. So, I mean, we really uh, we have guys that are stepping up and making plays. So, I mean, anyone – in that room can come in and make another play. So, I mean, we just have a good room in that in the, uh, in general. Here's another room. Love to get in these rooms. Uh, Rajay Harris uh, says it is the best time he's had in camp while he has been in Greenville. This year, I can say, man, it's been the best camp since I've been here, man. Not just because, you know, physicality part, but uh, mentally. Um, I don't let a lot of things go in the past that was kind of burdening me. Um, and, you know, just everybody done bought together this camp, you know, and it's just – it's going to pay off, and we can tell that right now it's going to pay off. All right, our Pirate Report continues on here. Uh, more from Rajay Harris, and he talks about the uh, advice that he gives to others about uh, blocking in the uh, offense. I give, I try to give a lot of guys advice about blocking. Um, I try to tell them you got to attack the line, try to get there, try to beat the linebacker there before, you know, they actually get in the backfield. Um, so, you know, when you meet them on the line, um, it's kind of like an even battle. You know, if you, if you don't put you put you in a, the lap of the quarterback, then you'll win. No matter if you put you in the butt or not, you win. <laughs> Rajay Harris on the areas he has looked to improve his game. I always look for things that I need to improve on, such as, you know, reading the defense pre-snap, so then just the coverages, the techniques by the linemen, stuff like that. You can always get better at ball handling. Um, everything, man. Blocking as well. You know, we're going to be playing some bigger guys this year. Um, Got to uh, get some more techniques down and, you know, just stuff like that just to improve my game even more. And Rajay Harris talking about who he thinks will uh, emerge as the third running back between uh, behind he and Keaton Mitchell. It's kind of three in my head right now. You got Pop McKay, you got Camaro, you got Marlon. Uh, them boys just been battling. They tell off, man. Uh, you know, Pop McKay, he's done been here. Joseph, he's done been here. Uh, but, you know, you still got the young guys that's catching up, man, like really fast, you know, learning the plays and everything, learning the concepts, the, the read, stuff like that. And it's just, you know, they all coming together at the perfect time right before season. And, uh, you know, all of them look good, man. I think they can, they can all play. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have asked me this year, what kind of season do you think ECU is going to have? How do you think ECU is going to be this year? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, I think, and I mean, this is a lot of weight to put on a guy who I think is probably very relaxed coming in, but I think it all depends on how well the quarterback position plays. If it's a slow starting Holt Nailers, it could be tough. 
if he is able to play as well as he has uh, really in the back half of the last couple of seasons, if he could have the put up the kind of numbers and be in the kind of groove that he's been in later in seasons in his career, I, th- I think the Pirates are going to have a dynamite season. So it all really depends on a couple things. Is this is the offensive line as, as good as we uh, are being told as the coaching staff believes it is? And does Holt Naylor's play uh, loose and free enough? And is he going to be a... a productive enough quarterback early on for the Pirates to get some success going. If he is, I think all the other components are certainly there. One of them is the uh, kicker. And uh, we'll uh, hear from a specialist now, the kicking duo of Daffer and Luke Larson. This is Owen Daffer uh, talking about adapting to Luke Larson holding for him. It's going great. Um, I've known Luke since I first got here, so we, we have that relationship off the field first. So taking it on the field, I feel like it's pretty easy switch. So we have, we've had a lot of history together. So. We asked Owen Daffer, the first team all-conference performer a year ago, how he feels as far as his confidence going into this campaign. Uh, 100%. I, I have a whole year under my belt. I know what to expect. I know what to prepare for more. Uh, I also got so much better throughout the season last year. So if I can just... Uh, pick up where I left off, then I'll be hitting the ground running, and that'll be easy for me to have a really good year. Luke Larson, I'm, I'm sorry to get a chance to speak to him one-on-one, but he's got a lot of comments here that he had with our reporters there, and he talks about how his past experience will help him as a starter now at punter. Yeah, so at the, at the moment I've had 18, 19 reps, and over half of that's been with Cincinnati, so you're coming up against the best team, you know, the win played and have played for the last two years then you know I think that helps me getting into that starting role just because you know I've gone against the hardest I'm going to face. We asked him uh, how the holding for Owen Daffer was going being the holder. Yeah so when Owen first got on campus we came real real close then uh, I know there's a good 10 year difference there but you know he's been my buddy for you know, almost two years now and it's, it's just one of those things he wants to you know, finish his career here as you know someone who's put a lot of points on the board, and I, I want to help the team win. So the holding, kicking relationship there is it's just going to work for us because we we want to win. Luke Larson asked how Aussie rules football translates to punting. There isn't much that's the same other than you kicking the football. Um, so instead of throwing it, we would you know pick it up off the ground. There's no real stops in play. So I'd have to pick it up off the ground while getting tackled or hit and, and make the decision of where to dispose the football. And usually you have, say, a wide receiver be 50 yards down the field running a certain direction, and I would have to kick it to them while still being tackled, being chased, things like that. So it's one of those things that when we move the, the, the block point for me with the rugby-style kicks, it's comfortable. Luke Larson asked, does he take it personally if somebody returns a punt? Because I, I kind of take it personal if they try and return it. It's, uh, you know, I don't want to give it to you, but I have to. I'm going to give it to you the worst spot I can. So I think yeah, it's, it's very personal. You have to give it up. And uh, if someone does return a punt, is Luke looking forward to making a tackle? I hope somebody. he breaks it in a way that I can still tackle him. A yeah. lot of these guys are a lot too fast for me. But if it's uh, you know straight up or I've got that angle on him, I, can, I can't wait to hit someone. I think that hurt if Luke Larson laid a smack on you there, or if he ta- laid the smack down on you or made a tackle there. I think that would not be very comfortable. More uh, today here on our Pirate Report. Let's see, uh, Jeremy Lewis. There's someone that, uh, of course, has uh, made the uh, jump 
from uh, one side of the ball to the other, and Jeremy Lewis uh, playing a more de- natural de- uh, position on the defensive side. The South Central uh, grad says it's the best camp he's had since he's been in Greenville. Camp was great. It was amazing. Uh, there was a lot of competition on both sides of the ball, and um, we've been playing with a lot of confidence ready for this season, so this was probably one of the best camps we had since I've been here. Jeremy Lewis, when asked if he could focus more on himself this year now that he knows the defense. Yeah, most definitely. Last year was a lot of install and mental prep for me. This year, I pretty much got the whole defense down pat. You know, we add in every, every, new things every now and then, but I'm able to more focus on my game instead of focus on the mental part and the plays now. So, yeah. Our reporters on the scene of Media Day asked Jeremy Lewis, did uh, playing offense of the past help him in any way? in this transition oh most definitely so you can get, you get to like know down the distance and formations and you get to know what tendencies and know what's coming especially with our offense i try not to use it so much but i mean it's, it's hard like you see different certain formations and you know there are only three four players that can run out of that formation so i'm able to alert my teammates and sometimes my teammates already know so but it's, it's a big impact on the, the south central product jeremy lewis on which guys in the locker room have stood out in his mind uh, in the preseason for me in my position is me jack powers eric Dodner, and sam danker and eric Dodner and sam danker those guys they're going to be they're going to be good uh sam danker's a freshman he's a uh, he played like safety in high school but he's like 6566 six, six, freshman and like 17 years old and, like 210 so he has a real high ceiling He's, I feel like he can be like a Chandler Jones. Like once he gets going, once he starts getting physical, striking, and getting getting used to college football, he's gonna be good. And Eric Doctor, he's strong. Like I, he's strong, ridiculous. We in the weight room. He has the most weight on the bar all the time. He's he's gonna be a freak. And Jack Powers, he's he's older than me, but he's not really a young guy. But he's a truth too. I like how uh, Jeremy there included himself on that. You know, usually guys won't say, "Well, I, I was pretty pretty impressive." Uh, I like how he was impressed with himself there. That's pretty good. Uh, We talked to Shane Calhoun yesterday uh, on the show. Uh, Now some comments from Media Day from Shane Calhoun, Calhoun, including uh, being involved in the uh, passing game this year. They started game planning for us and and, and implementing us in the pass game a little more, so it was definitely exciting going out each and every week knowing, hey, this could be my opportunity to make a play and benefit my team. And Shane Calhoun's thoughts on C.J. Johnson uh, showing up as uh, the slot receiver. Uh, he's doing really well. I mean, it's, it's been a different dynamic uh, having the slots in there with us this year. But, I mean, he's doing really well. He's been making plays, and he's making great strides every day. So we're glad to have him in our room. Shane on how Macy O'Donnell has looked. He's been doing good. He's been limited with injuries a little bit. But, I mean, when Macy O's out there, he makes plays, and he, he's a leader in our room. And I think he's going to be a great addition to the room and a great addition to this offense this coming season. Shane Calhoun, when he was asked about how being dynamic with blocking and route running has benefited him. I mean, you just have to be diverse. I mean, there's there's different things you have to learn about the pass game. There's different things you have to learn about the run game. And I think you just have to use the best of both worlds and implementing different skill sets in different areas. So that's the best of both. And a final cut from Calhoun here on the energy in the uh, practice. Oh, the, the energy is high always. It's always an intense environment. I mean, it's super competitive. Everyone wants to make plays. Everyone wants to benefit their side of the ball. So um, practice, and every time we put the ball down, it's tense, and we're ready to make plays and ready to go. So it's, it's a real tense environment all the time. In just a little bit more from uh, the PGA announcement today, and uh, going to get the perspective of Caddy Network's Brian Mall. He'll join us on the telephone So you stay with us uh, for that. But right now, a 94-3, the game, sports flash update and pirate report from uh, our 
94-3 the game, World Headquarters. Four three, the game pirate report. Sorry about that. We had a little technical difficulties. Uh, we will start with pirate news. Seventy six college players have been named to the Johnny Unitas Golden Arms watch list. Holton Ehlers is among them. Former UCF Knight and Seattle Seahawks Shaquem Griffin has announced his retirement after four years in the league. Griffin was the first player with only one hand drafted in the modern era of NFL. Moving on, the Chiefs Hall of Fame quarterback Lynn Dawson passed away today at the age of 87 with his wife Linda by his side. He entered hospice back on August the 12th. Dawson spent 14 of his 19 seasons in the league with the Kansas City Chiefs. He led them to two Super Bowl appearances and a Super Bowl victory in Super Bowl IV over the Vikings where he was named the MVP. He went on to spend 33 years as a Chiefs radio broadcast analyst. To baseball, the Dodgers Walker Bueller underwent Tommy John surgery yesterday and will be out for the remainder of this season and most likely all of 2023. Bryce Harper is well on his way back to playing for the Phillies. He hit two home runs and a AAA rehab assignment last night. The two-time NL MVP broke his thumb back on June 25th. And after a and for a second week in a row, NASCAR team Penske has signed a driver to a long-term extension as 2018 Cup Series champion Joey Logano and the team came to terms on a contract that will keep him in the 22 car. Details of that contract, like all NASCAR contracts, are not disclosed. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. Back with the P-Man and Brian Mole on the other side of this timeout. Among all the uh, pageantry and the purple and gold talk uh, this week, we wanted to get a little golf in here with uh, the eve of the FedEx Cup Championship, PGA Championship, uh, Tour Championship being decided this uh, week uh, in Atlanta. Brian Mall, Caddy Network, uh, we started this thing with him. By golly, let's finish it now that we're here at the end of this super season. Uh, plus, there's many other things to talk about. Brian Mall, how are you? I am doing well, as always. Great to hear your voice, Patrick. And let me just say, before we dive into all of the golf, I'm pretty excited for college football. I've always been a college football guy, but I am I think it's the chaos that reigns in the world of college football right now has drawn me back in, and I, am, I can't wait for the season to start. See, I think there's a lot of chaos going on on golf, despite uh, what we are seeing it dressed up today as with this announcement that Jade Monahan made. So I, I want you to make some sense of the chaos for us. But but essentially, the top players that were in that meeting last week, you know, the one where uh, the guy was all gooey pants tweeting about what Tiger was going to do, uh, the top players will commit to at least 20 PGA Tour schedule events, assuming they qualify. Um, that includes the FedEx Cup playoffs, of course, the majors, the, Honor Paul, the Arnold Palmer uh, at all. And then three other events, additional events uh, that they could choose. I mean, the players' championships in there and then the majors. So, I mean, so 20 events, kind of a guaranteed bloated pool of money. Maybe the money's not guaranteed, but a bloated pool of money. Uh, this all sounds familiar. Sounds familiar to it me. Does. It does. I think, uh, obviously, Liv Golf's arrival on the scene and influx of money turned the 
sport on its ear. And if uh, you're not adapting, you're becoming irrelevant. And the PGA Tour certainly had to face that reality that if they lost, uh, you know, if they didn't look at their model and listen to their players, that uh, it might not end well for them. And the PGA Tour, as we know, it might fade into oblivion. So I think, uh, as we you know talked about last week, we've had uh, players who have decided they wanted to play on live. And, and there are players, uh, top players who have committed to the, helping the PGA Tour thrive. And um, it, it's been in the commissioner's best interest to listen to the, what the players want. And uh, the golf fans do win in a way and because we're guaranteed to have these top PGA Tour players together 12 times. Uh, what happens at the majors, you know, they'll obviously all be there as well. So, uh, you know, it, it's a win on that end, uh, I think, for golf fans. And also, when you look at uh, – if you, if you play in 15 events, you're going to be guaranteed to make a half a million dollars, um, and there will be a travel stipend program, which is something that uh, I think most re- reasonable people have been pushing for for years. Uh, I, I counted for Larry Rinker in the 90s, and he had an idea that he proposed – to the pack and uh you know some of the players were just oh no no this is a meritocracy you know no you've got to earn your way if you miss the cut you shouldn't get any money and larry was like just trying to explain you know even at that time you were spending well over six figures just to play the tour yeah and um, and and you know you weren't uh assuring a guy was going to keep his job by giving him a travel stipend you were just helping him ease a little bit of the financial burden you were telling me a story before you went on the air, and uh, you can recant as much of it as you, you care to here. But does this create the does this does this validate the narrative that there are two different tours out there? Yeah, this is just putting uh, some clear, understandable terms on what has existed basically since Tiger Woods came onto the scene and the World Golf Championship events were created in the early part of uh, the century where the top elite players have played a very select number of regular PGA tour events because they've been able to fulfill fulfill their requirements by playing the majors, playing the world events, playing Jack's tournament, Arnold's tournament, you know, a couple of the big ones out on the West coast, maybe the tournament of champions and, and certainly the playoffs. And between that, they could patch together about all the schedule that they needed and, uh, you know, maybe throw in a couple of other events close to home or, or on courses that they like. And meanwhile, the, the, the rank and file, if you will, uh, has been fighting and, and, and scrapping and playing through the summer in these, in these events that just don't get as you know much of attention or as strong of a field and trying to keep their card. And so now I think we're going to see this uh, delineated uh, pretty clearly where we know the elite events with the bigger purses. And then, um, you know, the other events are going to maintain the purse that they've had, which let's not sneeze at $7 million to go, you know, on the table at the John Deere classic and, and certainly all that comes with it. So I think we're just seeing, you know, we're, we're seeing what's already really been there. It's just the top players are going to be compensated to the point where the motivation to go to live is not going to be as strong. Does it, does, Brian Ball for the Caddy Network is on with us. We're talking uh, the big announcement from the PGA today. Does does this in any way, Brian, uh, help grow the game as far as interest, viewership, that kind of thing? Because, you know, 
I like golf as much as anybody. It's kind of a cool way to unwind after a weekend. But, you know, in the summer, it's a, it's a little different vibe. And when they're, you know, in Moline, Illinois, or uh, wherever in mid- middle of America, uh, playing in a, you know, it's 100 degrees and the field is just meh. You know, I, to me, I just, is that going to help uh, move the ball well, down the, 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 you know, down the field, so to speak? Well, I think um, what what uh, has to be considered is that this elite group is not is not fixed in that uh, you can lose your spot. You're not on that in that group forever. And um, the the guys who who are playing well in Moline and in these other less events and winning are going to have every every opportunity uh, to to bump themselves up into into that top group. And, and, and gain entry to these big $20 million purse events. And uh, the young players that are, that are coming out of college who, who are ready, uh, I mean, watching the U.S. Amateur last weekend, just phenomenal golf being played there, um, Cam Young. I mean, we've just seen it through the year. Those guys are going to have an opportunity. Yes, they may have to – they're not going to have to necessarily be stuck on the Corn Ferry Tour playing for peanuts. They're going to be able to play on the PGA Tour – playing for $7 million, and if, they, if they're if they as good as they say they are, they're going to have opportunity to pr- very quickly get into that top tier where they're playing for the against the best for the most money. Um, what does this do for Liv and their business model? Because this is a lot of money, but Liv has a lot more. Yeah, I just think um, both are going to be able to, to – succeed. I really do. I I think there's room. I think everybody agreed that there was room for more than one tour. And that's basically what we were down to in golf was the U S PGA tour. And that, and, um, this, uh, certainly, uh, gives an opportunity for, for players who want to go the more traditional route. It also, uh, they're going live is not going to have any difficulty filling up their, (laughs) uh, fields either. Um, we're going to see, uh, probably six or seven players. I mean, some we already know who some of those players are. Uh, Cam Smith being the being the top uh, one on that list who, who are going to leave after the the tour championship and 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 commit to live for for a period of time. So, yeah, I think you know we have options. There's going to be more golf. Uh, there's going to be more golf that's accessible for folks uh, via YouTube. Um, you know, and uh, we'll, we'll have top players playing somewhere around the world pretty much every week. Brian Mole, Caddy Network, uh, at BG Mole on Twitter. Uh, will Zalatoris having to uh, uh, pull out of the PGA Championship, uh, PGA Tour Championship this week. Uh, a couple of herniated discs in his back. He's slight, and when you watch his swing, I guess you could see where this could back issues may have been a problem. But he is awfully young to have two blown out herniated discs. Yeah, that's horrible news. Uh, I, you know, I'm not a doctor, and but certainly I, I, everybody, anybody who's had back trouble knows that a, that a herniated disc is just the kind of the end of the road there. And when you see the the amount of torque that that he uh, and as high as he he has his hands on his backswing, uh, certainly, uh, you know. There are a uh, there's a there's a group of instructors. One of whom I, I've worked with some Bradley Hughes Hughes who say the modern golf swing and, and a lot of these guys that are chasing distance um, uh, is is not conducive to a long term career. 
Um, there's also enough money available now that you don't necessarily have to have a 25 year career to, to, to have an excellent career too. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I feel for Will. I mean, what horrible timing. He, he just finally broke through and won his first tournament and was a favorite to win the tour championship. And hopefully he can, uh, get this matter, uh, you know, under, under control and, and, and uh, and be back playing golf soon because uh, it would be a huge loss if not. He is obviously going to miss um, – he is going to miss uh, the uh, President's Cup, which is next week. Um, when you – or next month, excuse me. When you um, – when you – well, plenty of time to talk about that event. But, uh, you know, coming up at Quell Hollow, we hear all about the Ryder Cup. It, 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 what's, the, what's the compelling theater in, in the President's Cup? Well, there hasn't been much, to be honest, through the years because the Americans have dominated. And uh, it, it's kind of odd because really on paper, the international team at times, when you're talking about when Vijay Singh and Ernie Els were top five in the world and on that team, and, and, and certainly now uh, the international team has, has had extremely talented players. They just uh, haven't had the cohesion. But I think they've worked in the last three or four years, the last couple of cycles, to try and uh, copy some things from the European team model from the Ryder Cup and, and, and try to spend more time together, uh, you know, with the captain being much more involved, uh, Trevor Immelman, uh, this particular time, and just uh, keeping guys together, you know, figuring out who needs to play with whom and, and, and trying to, to build up some camaraderie, which is, you know, difficult when you're talking about players from uh, – Chile and South Korea and Canada and, you know, Australia all trying to come together. It's a little different than a, than a continent coming together, but mm -hmm. uh, it, it should certainly be good golf. I mean, uh, the American team is extremely strong right now, uh, as was exemplified at the last Ryder Cup. Um, you know, we just, it's a good time for, for young American players, but for whatever reason, you know, to have a any kind of rivalry uh, that both sides have to win. And and the international team's only been able to win one time in, in all the playings of this going back to the late nineties. Uh, Brian Mull, Caddy Network, with us here. Let me ask you about uh, who you like in the field this week uh, for the uh, PGA Tour Championship. Well, uh, you know, uh, Zaltorz was only three shots back with the staggered scoring, so now he's obviously out, and nobody else. Folks don't move up, so uh, Scheffler has a two-shot lead over Cantlay. And then uh, Xander Schauffele's four back. And then, you, you know, there's certainly a ton of uh, guys who are capable uh, right in, in that group kind of behind them from, from Rahm and, and McElroy. And, uh, but I, but I just think Scheffler has been number one all year. He, he played great last week. Uh, really other than just having a terrible putting round the first day in, at Memphis, he, he's, he's played great all year. He's been in the number one, number one slot. And uh, you spot it, you spot the number one player in the world, two shots. It's just going to be tough, I think, for anybody to catch him. I, I, I do uh, – Shoffley's record at East Lake. he's played that course as well as anyone, so he, he's certainly capable. And, uh, you know, when Rory won this thing uh, a couple of years ago, he was five back. So uh, it can be done. The last two years of the leader going into the event has won, but, uh, you know, Rory uh, was five back and one by four. So he, he dusted the field pretty good that week. So it's certainly, you know, there's some guys with some firepower. Justin Thomas, uh, you know, he came from seven back in the final round of the PGA this year to win. So uh, he could certainly make up seven shots over 72 holes. Uh, but, I, but I think Scheffler gets it done. 
uh, he, he, he's solid and uh, he understands what's on the line here. Beyond 18 million, I mean, uh, pretty, pretty heady list of guys who've won that FedEx Cup. Brian Mull with us here. Hey, Brian, thanks a lot. Thank you, Patrick. Have a great weekend. Keaton Mitchell next with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. If you missed our media day coverage, 943thegame.com, we got the podcast there. If you're not into that sort of thing, we'll re-air the uh, program for you on Friday evening at 6 o'clock after the Patrick Johnson Show leading into Rose at Cleveland Football here on 94.3 The Game. That is coming up on Friday. All right. uh, One of the better interviews, though, I thought we had from that day as we get set to wrap things up uh, for this uh, midweek edition, we had Keaton Mitchell on. This was just a lot of fun. Uh, so our interview with Keaton Mitchell from ECU Media Day. Well, this is this is a this is a good get here, Dom. You got us a major league get with Keaton Mitchell. I mean, I don't want to give short shrift to Ryan Jones or Parker Moore on the offense, but we got <laughs> Keaton Mitchell here now. How are you, young man? I'm good. Good to see you. Yes, sir. It's been a heck of a, a camp for you guys, hasn't it? Man, crazy. You look good. good. Now, Rajay Harris, we played a cut earlier where he talks about, you know, I used to eat McDonald's when I got here. Oh, man. And now he says he eats better, but you look like you've always eaten pretty pretty good, pretty healthy. No? So have you had to change your diet? If you go in my room, Uh you don't want to know what's on the side of my bed. Well, you're going to tell us, I hope. Honey buns. (laughs) Gushers. Okay, what's a gusher? Like the um, fruit. It got like. Oh, really? It's like a, a gummy. And okay. it got like, um, what you call it? Like a it? fruit filling. Yeah. 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 You know that's not real fruit. You know nah, that, don't you? Nah. So wait a minute. You're I don't not eat good. You... <laughs> I don't eat good. No. <laughs> nah. But you, you you burn all those calories off oh, yeah, pretty yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk the season uh, ahead. It, it's always thunder and lightning, 1A, uh, 1 and 1A. Yes, sir. Uh, what about the relationship with you and Roger here? Oh, man, that's my, that's my brother. That's my best friend. You know, you, he had such a big first year, and and Mm -hmm. you came on, and particularly in the last game of that uh, Mm -hmm. crazy COVID year, uh, had uh, showed out, if you will, and then last year you really emerged onto the uh, scene, and he was kind of cheering you along the whole time. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, I was cheering him on his freshman year, our freshman year. Uh, This year he was cheering me on, but I mean, last year he was cheering me on, so this year we both going for a 1,000, so. That'd be something, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. We've heard a lot about the offensive line, oh, fully yes. healthy. Yes, sir. There's some depth on it now. There's yes, some talent on it now. Talk yes, about sir. those guys because it's Man. you know that's the group you gotta gotta make sure that you take uh, take care of your guys and oh, give yeah. them the oh, respect. Oh yeah, they're my they guys. They're my guys. Nah, we look good up front, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm some big boys. They hungry. <laughs> they they take pride in in our yardage. Like every game, we gotta get a hundred. Mm-hmm. Hundred yard, both of y'all. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. They know you could do that in like two or three carries, don't they? Oh yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so for you last year, let's go back and talk about where you kind of emerged on the scene late in your first year, mm-hmm. and that just seemed to carry over into this past season. Yes, sir. What clicked for you? Um, just play ball. Mm-hmm. So was it just getting comfortable? Yes, sir. Yeah. Coach Foster came in, like, look. Just do your thing. I was like, all right. He taught me the defense, pre-reads, and that just helped me out a lot, knowing what's going on before the ball even snapped. So, yeah, doing, if I knew that, uh, that's what's going to happen. So. Keith, would you say that's the biggest adjustment from coming from high school to, to college is, is yes, things like that? 
learning those tendencies, yes, knowing sir. how to read the defense. Yes, sir. You know, in high school, I just get out there and play. I used to audible the plays, you know. <laughs> like, hey, coach, nah, 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 it's gonna work, you know. But in college, you can't really. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta know what's going on. Yeah. Right? Uh, Keaton Mitchell is with us uh, here. Uh, Holt Nailers, we've talked a lot about him with uh, your oh, teammates. Yeah. He seems like he's, you know, obviously ready to get the start of the season going. He's oh, competitive yeah. as heck, but he also seems to be really confident and comfortable this year. Are you oh, sensing yes. some of that? Yes, sir. Throwing the ball, sitting up right in the pocket, rolling out. You know, got some right receivers out there, too, this year. Yeah, you know, Winstead's a guy. Uh, there's some others. Who stood out from you out of that group, the receiving core? Uh, we got Isaiah. We got um, Jalen. Mm-hmm. Josiah. Mm-hmm. Kerry. And then in the in the box, the tight end, we got Ryan Jones, Shane Calhoun. Well, you're just naming names at this point. I mean, who Man. stood out for you? Are they all, all there? Of all of them. them. All okay. of them. Yes, sir. All, right. all of them. Now, look, you and Rajay Harris get along well. We know this, oh, Keaton yes, Mitchell. But, I mean, there's got to be a little bit of a friendly competition. Is there anything you guys say, look, I'm going for 100 this game. You better follow me. I mean, is there any of that that might go on? And, again, it's all born out of the love and respect you guys have for each other. But, I mean, do you guys juice each other up uh, as you try to get the competitive juices flowing? Is there any of that that goes on? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Say, say he going off. He like, hey, let's go. Come on, mm-hmm. like, get in. Let's do it. Like, <laughs> you lacking right now? Right. Like, All right, I gotta. So you guys push each other. Oh yes, sir. All the time, every time, on and off the field. Yeah, yes, sir. Now, do you guys hang out with each other off the oh, field? Oh yes, sir. Do you yes, really? Sir. All the time. Play what's your game. favorite thing to do other than eat gushers? Which and he and he, he's not eating gushers anymore. All right, oh, what's no, your two no, K no. game? What 2K? is two K? Yeah, what is that? NBA. Oh, it's ba- okay. Yeah. Who are you in 2K? Which team are you? You uh, put together Hornets. a soup. Are you the Hornets? Hornets. You guys signed for you. Lamelo. Really? Oh, bridges. Okay. I yeah. like throwing the oops. Is that right? Melo with the flashy pass. I see. Did you play ball in high school? Uh, no. You didn't play basketball. No. Wait a I minute. Why not? I can't shoot. You can't shoot. And I'm I'm five eight five nine. I'm five seven, five eight, and I was a power forward and a point guard, a no. fat point guard's body. So no. you can't tell me that if you're Can not you that shoot, tall. Though? Oh yeah, I could shoot. I was deadly no, from I don't the wing. It. I gotta see it. Wing three? What do you mean? I, I wing see three. It. We'll figure it out sometime. But wing three, <laughs> I'd fill it up. We'll okay. catch and shoot. Deadly. Okay. Deadly. Okay. You, you know. sound confident, so I give it to. Oh it. no, I'm confident. Okay. Doesn't mean I'm any good, but I am confident. Uh-huh. I am confident. <laughs> uh, Keaton Mitchell's with us here. This is a lot of fun. Do you, you, you can a couple more minutes here with oh, us? Oh yeah, it's okay. fine. I ain't got nothing to do. I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about NC State. Mm-hmm. It's next game, first game of the season. Mm-hmm. Ranked fiftieth ranked. Yes, well, everybody keeps you guys are you're well aware of that, aren't you? Yes, sir. That's some good good. Good guys over there. Yeah. You know anybody on the team? No. Okay. I'm just saying they're good. Oh, you mean talented. Okay. Talented. I didn't know if you were friendly with uh, the – Yeah, I understand. Good little competition. No, that's fine. 50,000 in this uh, stadium is what it's looking like. That break. I hope we break the record. I hope folks get mad because they're too close <laughs> to each other. I hope it's that deep. <laughs> so tell me what you th- – I mean, look, walking into the stadium is, is thrilling no matter how you – but, I mean, to walk in here – You've got that opponent in here. I mean, can mm-hmm. you kind of imagine what it's going to be like in a couple weeks? I can't imagine. I mean, trying to imagine it, but like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, looking at it right now. Yeah, it's coming along. It's coming along. What was the uh, what's the game that you had so in, in your pirate career where you just felt like you could do no wrong? 
In other words, everything was clicking for you that day. Tulane. Yeah. What about it? I was just, I was just hot. <laughs> I, was, I was just hot. Yeah. Yeah. Were they talking to you that day, or do they realize, look, we're having a hard time with this guy. We better not say anything. Mm-hmm. What you talking about, on the field? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 nobody talked to me. Okay. I just be laughing. Like, when I get tackled, <laughs> I start laughing. Like, okay, you got me right here. Ah. So, in other words, when they did stop you, you, you got a kick yeah. out of it because it was the only time they'd stopped. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember. I like having fun when I'm out there. You know, if you too serious, like, yeah. boring. Do you boring? Okay. Yeah. Do you are you a talker out there? No. Okay. I just laugh like. Uh huh. Like if I'm looking at the linebackers, I'm gonna smile at you. Like. Is that right? So that's a form like, of just, kind of a mental game. Yeah. Like, I I understand. Look at. Yeah. Now, who does Harris play in two K? Who's Rajay play in two K? Who's his? Who we play with? We haven't played in a minute because we've been in fall camp. Yeah. Dang. You're the Hornets. Probably the Trailblazers. The Trailblazers. So, some some team or the, I don't know. He thinks he's Dame Lillard. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, he probably like Dame. Yeah, Dame's a player he's not now. Good though. Like. Dame Lillard's not. No, Ra, Roger. Uh, oh, Roger, Roger. At two K, he's not good. No, icy. Yeah, beat him all the time. So he's icy, and your nickname remind me of that again is. See now I got number two. Uh huh. So, Deuce. 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 All right, so you're number two. What's twenty five? Right. I was twenty five. Yes, sir. Okay. When? Why did you change it to two? That's my favorite number. I had number two my whole life. Oh. Yeah, I had to get. So was twenty five just issued? Man, yes, sir. Okay. I hate it. Well, because you could have gone twenty two. I guess that was already Sneed. Sneed, Yeah, Tyler Sneed had twenty two. Thirty two? No. Okay. So two is what? Well, I'm just saying when you got here, because (laughs) twenty five seems like an odd. See, we got a piece of paper that said you got three numbers. Oh, really? Right now, three numbers you want. You know what I put for all three? Two. Yeah. Two, two. Yes, sir. Not twenty-two. Not twenty-two. Not forty-two. Not forty-two. Not even forty-four. My pops, my pops was forty-two though. So yeah, he played in the league. Played free safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was forty-two. Yeah. Seems like a high number for yeah, a safety. Yeah, I don't know why he picked forty-two. Was he a little slow? Is that why? Oh no, nah, no. Nah, okay. Nah, I get my speed for him. Now your mom also was. Uh, yes. Yeah, played football. Yeah. She played football. Yeah. Tell me about that. I knew she was heavily involved like, in athletics. I didn't know really she played football. Like helmet, shoulder pads. Really? What I'm, what I'm doing out there, but with female. Really? Yeah. She played linebacker. She had to stop, though. She broke her leg. Oh. Yeah, she played for the uh, USA national team. Really? Yeah, she was pretty good. So they when when they have some constructive criticism for you, mm-hmm. it's obviously pretty legit because they were both legit players, right? Yeah. So you're just not blowing off what they're telling you, right? No, no. Give me your goals for the uh, season team and for you individually as we let you go here. Team, get to the conference championship for myself. Better than what I did this past season. So, yep. rush for 15 to 2,000 yards. 1,000 yards at least for you and at Roger least. Harris. A no, piece. No, 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 A piece. Yes, sir. For you and Roger. Yes, sir. If you do that, I think you'll probably be in the conference championship. Man. Yeah. All right. Thank you for coming by. No problem. Very nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. All right. Hey, good luck this season. We'll look Thank forward to talking to you. Thanks. All right. Keaton Mitchell with us here. I enjoyed the heck out of that. I thought he was a heck of a nice uh, young kid, and it was great to get a chance to uh, talk to him kind of in a uh, looser environment. Uh, really fun one-on-one. Hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed talking to Keaton 
on uh, Saturday. All right. Uh, well, that'll do it for today's Patrick Johnson show. Another good one. Another uh, enjoyable one in the books. Thanks to Brian Mull for being on with us a little earlier. Uh, we'll continue uh, some football talk tomorrow. More purp- uh, purple and gold preview uh, of the season ahead. But also uh, we'll be uh, chatting with Jim Zoki from the Panthers radio uh, network. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. And uh, we'll catch you tomorrow on the Patrick Johnson show.